Mm. Something's not right. You haven't thought about. You something. haven't thought. You've missed something. <laughs> uh, and do you guys have a like a company, or is it just the? No, no we I don't actually. We like we've just been doing it ourselves, and this is the second run, and we just kind of use our Samo name. Yeah, for right. Everything. Okay, cool. <laughs> Probably something to think about in the mm. future when the show's over. <laughs> I mean, if you want, you seem to be getting by just fine without a, like a company company. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the thing about Sophia and I is we kind of get contracted onto other companies a lot as Mm -hmm. well. So we've kind of been like, don't need it. Yeah. We kind of freelance. (laughs) Nice. Truly independent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Putting the independent in independent theater. (laughs) Speaking of, welcome to the Indie Setup. My name is Sean Foster. We're brought to you by Shape House Productions. And with me today are the creative team behind Samo is Dead. I've got with me Jody. Rubinowitz, yeah. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to butcher it on No, the no, that's fine. And Sophia Bryant. Much easier name. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for having an easier name. And uh, welcome to the show. And uh, we're talking about your play, Samo is Dead, which had a run earlier in the year for the Seymour Centre, and now it's being put up again for a step-up festival at KXT. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, awesome. So let's talk about uh, you guys first. Uh, Jody, you wrote the play. Um, where did the idea come from? Um, I think it came from a place of me seeing a lot of wanky arts students and being mm-hmm. involved in student theatre and indie theatre and getting really annoyed at them all and, and getting really sick of this kind of sanctimonious way of talking about theatre and mm. art and this kind of idea that certain art is better than others and like certain people are allowed to have an opinion on something because they have more experience um and I'd experienced that with a lot of people and I'd sat in conversations being an artist or an emerging artist and just felt like things were going over my head or people were specifically talking in a way that was ethereal and airy-fairy for the sake of sounding way smarter than they are um and I got really annoyed and I wrote it all down and I, it kind of just bulleted out of me in this kind of angry rage. And then we <laughs> rewrote it a few times and it got paired back a lot more and it's less angry now. Don't worry. And but that's what the play's about. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially about some, this guy, Luke, who thinks that he is the person to be speaking about art and he has a right to speak about um, art and specifically art that really doesn't engage in his kind of intersectionality. So he looks at a lot of Basquiat's art, which is specifically about the struggle of being a person of color in New York in the eighties and nineties. And he kind of sees that. And for some reason thinks that he understands it and that he can affiliate himself towards it. And um, the whole play is built on this hypocrisy of him, not really being the right person to talk about it. And yet, constantly talking about it and I think it also taps into the idea of thinking I can't make good art unless I've struggled or am troubled and then when the character does start to struggle and does start to have troubles he kind of goes no no no, I don't like this I want to go back to the way it was before and that's kind of mirrored against another character who has had struggles who has lived a tougher life um, and kind of how they act in kind of parallel to each other and it's all about the privileged kid telling this someone who's had a much tougher upbringing what she can and can't talk about and using that privilege against them and yeah those kind of 
um, power struggles, I suppose. Okay. Uh, Sophia, you directed the play. Yes. Um, is that, um, and you know, an issue that you feel pretty close to, or you feel like you needed to represent? Um, yes and no, because I, like, I have very supportive, my mum is very supportive of me doing art. So I kind of always, I think there's a kind of that idea of, oh, I'm, <laughs> I want to be an artist and mm. breaking it to your parents or something. Whereas I've said, oh, I want to do theatre. And my mum's like, oh, that's amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, she's like, do you want me to drop you to rehearsals? So um, I think this play is kind of we're poking fun at artists but it's also a love letter to artists because we ourselves are artists and yeah i just enjoyed the characters as soon as i read it i had ideas about how i wanted to stage it yeah right. and i was like yeah yeah let's do this <laughs> and where do you guys um put yourself in your own creative journey because obviously as artists yourself you're kind of parodying parodying your own lifestyle really um i would put myself like right at the beginning of my creative journey i've been really lucky this year to have some pretty exceptional opportunities that have come up but still it's so early on and it and it's such an early stage and i think that's why we can afford to not really take ourselves too seriously and to not um think like everything's such a big deal and it's kind of fun to take the piss of my life and being an artist and I, I tell all my creative friends to come to the show because they'll enjoy being made fun of and all my non-creative friends because they'll get to see what it's like to be a creative <laughs> I suppose yeah so it works in both of those ways for yeah. like a pretty wide audience then yeah, yeah totally. and I literally a hundred percent of the population <laughs> yeah. is artists or not uh, yeah and I think we're early enough in our stage that, of our careers that we're just able to play we're able to take risks try mm-hmm. things see what works see what doesn't work because we're so early on in our careers that there aren't necessarily those stakes of, oh my God, this is a huge professional theater company. And if we don't sell this certain amount of tickets, our season isn't going to run. Like we're still able to make decisions and do a production like this where we're seeing it evolve, seeing what works, workshopping, playing, um, which is really valuable. And it's awesome to be able to go, we don't have that pressure, but let's, let's see what we can do and how well we can make it anyway so with mm. a shoestring budget how great can we make it and how how many expectations can we exceed in our, still in trying our to hold ourselves to a professional totally, standard yeah. yeah push ourselves yeah yeah and it's great that you guys are getting supported by the step up program with kxt um how's that all work um it's super interesting so i'm the person who's involved in the step up program in mm-hmm. our team which has made us eligible for it um so king's cross theater kind of picks 10 or so emerging creatives that they um, are really interested in or that they've seen the work of or that they think have some kind of talent to come and they pick them and they spend a year helping foster their creative journey and helping them so that we we sit down at the beginning of the step up program and we talk about what is it that we're going to need in this year and what are we looking for or so for some people who are further on in their career it might be more professional development whereas for someone like me who's really fresh it's about just meeting people and, and getting my myself onto the set of other shows and and helping them out and um, so yeah, they, we do that. We do like developments that we have workshops from industry professionals where they help us, um, with design or producing or writing earlier in the year. We had a workshop with Caleb Lewis, 
Um, and then they also do a, an industry placement on one of their shows. So I got, I had the privilege of working on um, Mercury Fur with mm-hmm. Husband Ball and Rada and White Box Theatre. Yep. And I got to be involved in that, which was just one of the most amazing experiences I've had. And yeah, that was a great show. It was such a good show, right? And mm. it was wild. And like we spent, I think, the week leading in just building that set. It was crazy. Um, and so, yeah, that, that meant... And so the Step Up Festival is kind of their opportunity to show off all the work that the Step Up um, interns, I suppose, or people get have been working on in the year and, and to really show the industry here's 10 new creatives and here's what they're doing. So it's yeah. a really awesome opportunity. How did you get selected for that? Is there a submission process? Or? Yeah, so... Um, a friend of mine was in it last year and then he shared something on Facebook and I just applied. It was like a Google form. And then from there, there were, I think a few hundred applicants. And then from there, we moved on to like an interview round. Um, and then uh, with Suzanne Miller, who's the artistic director at King's Cross Theatre. And then she, they selected their sort of 10 from there. So it's a, it was an interesting process. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't really do much in there, just apart from fill the form and yeah, go and much. say hi. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yourself. I spoke to her for about an hour about my life and myself and, and what I do. And she asked lots of questions, but yeah, otherwise that was it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and um, so, Sophia, what are you uh, hoping to get out of doing the show again? Because it did have that run at the Seymour Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, as soon as Jodie messaged me and she was like, hey, potentially we had the opportunity to put the show on again. How would you feel about that? And it was kind of like, well, what do we want to get out of it? It wasn't just like, hey, you know, it'd be really fun would be to do the show again. Yeah. It was, okay, well, let's actually sit down and think what worked last time, what didn't work, what can we try differently? And I, I don't necessarily view it as like improving the show. It's more just taking the same script, taking the same skeleton and trying it in a different way, moving on from kind of a stylistic choice we made last time and trying it in a different way way which has been really really creatively freeing um i think this time we have a lot more stripped back set and costumes and just kind of focusing on the characters and letting them live in the world a little bit more what kind of style changes did you make what kind of style was it in compared to now yeah well i think first time it was it was all about the spectacle of it we had a big set we were in the reg at seymour center which is an amazing space Mm. But it was about the colors of it. We had these booths. We constructed a lot of the set. Um, We wanted it to feel really lived in. And we almost went reverse Chekhov's gun and just had so many props and so many set dressing items that it was kind of to make the audience not really know where to look like it was set in a cafe. And we had children's drawings and old posters and we got printed menus and we laminated them and then tore the edges of the lamination so that if the audience was looking around, it seemed dirty and seemed lived in. We put underwear in the Luke's bedroom, all those sort of details. Whereas this time it's the complete other end of the spectrum. It's a table, two chairs and a mattress. Um, It's about stripping it back to what is necessary to the script, what is necessary to the characters, what is integral to telling this story and what can we get away with not using which do you guys think is more effective for the story um i'm actually really loving the stripped back version i think it's kind of, it's been really fun to play with um we've it's kind of allowed us to kind of i don't want to say step out of naturalism but move in the space in a way that isn't so restricted 
um, flow between scenes in a way that is a little bit more fluid. Whereas when you have a very naturalistic set and you're creating clear boundaries of this is the cafe, this is the bedroom, your actors have to abide by those rules and those conventions. So you have to exit through the door and you have to enter through the other door. Whereas now I think there's a lot of building tension because there's no clear divides. The actors literally just cross the space because it's in traverse this time. And I think there's a flow on between the scenes and it, it, it has a run on effect that the previous production didn't have which has just been so amazing to watch and it's a little bit electric. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are definitely both much more happier with the way this one is going? For me personally, I'm happier with the script because um, I think the mistake that I made in the first run was I, as a writer, tends to, I had so much story about each of the characters. I had all this backstory, but I didn't want to be too prescriptive in the way that I wrote. So I like to leave things ambiguous and I made the mistake of leaving things just that little bit too ambiguous and so particular things were left without like clear answers and people didn't really get certain elements I mean the story as a whole made sense but um, just understanding that slight little like insight into those characters they just needed that little bit more of a push and I think this time I was able to go back and keep that ambiguity that I really love when I'm writing but also add um, a lot of more little like moments in that that makes sense for the characters that give the actors more to play with and the audience more to latch on to. So there's no definite answers at the end of the play, but there's much more um, clear kind of understanding, I suppose. Mm. Do you reckon so? Yeah. Um, And I think for me, like I loved the first production and I think, like I said, it was more of the spectacle, but it was big and it was bold and our characters were bigger and... I think we had a lot of comedy and we had incredible actors that were really pushing themselves in that style that we were kind of ascribing to. It's just different now. That's the thing. I'm not, (laughs) and I like, I'm as a director, you're always learning whether that just be in the rehearsal process or each show, like every night that it's performed, you think, Oh, didn't like that. Did like that. Let's try it differently. So I think as a director, I'm evolving. Like I'm learning the actors learning. We're all, just kind of improving and seeing what worked, trying a different style. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been so cool as young creatives who, I mean, for, for a lot of people in the cast and crew, this was their first time kind of leaping into the indie space or into the more independent space. And so to be able to look at that and go, so much went right. Here were the things that didn't go as well as we thought. Mm. Here are all the things that we can now change and do differently given a second opportunity mm. is just, it's a, it's a, like a dream come true, honestly, because it means that we can continue our growth in a really positive way. And I think without the Step Up Festival, I wouldn't have had the kind of push to mm. put it back on if it wasn't like sitting right in front of me, yeah, like people yeah. go, are you going to put it on or not? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been awesome. And yeah. I think, yeah, any show that you ever do, you're always going to have things that you'd love to improve or evolve. And I think especially with an original script, um, this is such an incredible opportunity from KXT to present to us that it's not just this hypothetical discussion of, oh, what would you do differently? It's okay. What would you do differently? And do it then. <laughs> um <laughs> which just as a creative process has been so rewarding, so incredibly rewarding. And um, on the writing aspect of it as well, the, the fact that you get to do it again, you get to um, have that audience feedback, have a mm. bit more of that, um, you know, call and response between 
when it's on and when it's being seen, Mm -hmm. which I don't know, as a writer, is that something that you lacked or you you feel like you needed? Totally. I think um, the first time I put it on, I'll be very honest, um, a friend of mine, I helped her put on a fringe show last year. It was called It's Not Creepy If They're Hot. And I remember, (laughs) yes, it was a great show and I produced it. And I remember sitting in the foyer and just seeing all the people walk up to her as the writer and just everyone was like so happy and I was like so envious because at the time I was writing but in the best way possible and I wanted that so much because I was like and that gave me a real kick up the bum to go and write something and then when I put Samo on it was this really weird experience it was quite surreal where audience members would come up to me and want to talk to me about my writing and I, I felt really weird about the whole thing it was it's such a personal thing and I had no idea how much um your kind of I suppose soul, that's a bit wanky, but like would be on the line when you when you have something so personal to yours presented in front of hundreds of people mm. every night. And it was actually really terrifying in all I think honesty. When you're putting on a play that someone else has written, that multiple production companies have done, multiple student productions have done, you're just kind of putting your twist on it. And it's about, okay, cool. Like, you know, how did they take it this way? But when you're doing an original production, it's a lot, you're a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, People will comment on the script. People will comment on the writing because everything about it is developed and new. Because they've never seen it before. And it was weird. Like I would see people talking to their friends about it and then walk up to me and their whole tone would shift. And I was like, is that just because you're talking to the writer? Does that mean you really don't like it or you do like it? And it was an exceptionally like difficult thing to see. But also, don't get me wrong, like I was so grateful for the whole opportunity and it was amazing. But what it did take was afterwards and people were, re- were quite honest with me about things that they loved things that they didn't love um and then I read all the reviews um and some of them were so positive and they glowed about the show and they said how amazing the writing was and others just didn't like it as much as um most shows have you have yeah. positive reviews and negative ones unless you're an exceptional person which <laughs> um, one can only aspire to be um and I think it it took me kind of stepping away from the production and going and working on a lot of other things and and working in in other shows and just letting it kind of simmer away. And I I was able to kind of think about it in my own time and Mm. and sit with it really and think it all through and think about what the reviewers said and think about what those audience members said. I mean, one person came up to me and said, well, I'm not even sure if I liked it or not, but it definitely got me talking about it. And at the time I was like, oh my God, that's such a horrible thing to say. How could you say that? And then like, I think about that all the time now. And so I was able to, I don't even know if it was consciously or subconsciously, take away all those things that people said to me and really listen to some of the things and disregard other things that I was just like, no, I don't agree with you. And I think that's pretty fair because I don't have to take every everyone's perspective on my show but there were certain things that I was like yeah that's totally right or that wasn't clear enough or one big thing was that they felt like the two female characters in the play were pandering to the male character which I really didn't want and I didn't think I'd done in the writing but it just wasn't clear enough and that was never my intention so Mm. it was an easy fix I could go back and go easy here let me change the dialogue let me change their interaction so that that's clearer um and then, yeah, so that audience feedback was totally so important and it meant that we can 
come back and, and, and take on what people have said and, and be really positive about it. You know, yeah. I was saying before that we had one negative review and the woman who wrote the review actually commented on our social media stuff being like, this is so amazing what you guys are doing. And we're like, it's so impressive to see you taking this in your stride. And we were like, bad reviews are bad reviews. They're not a personal attack on us. No, because yeah. that's the whole point of a, of a review and especially a theater review is to comment on what works, what doesn't work so that the production company or the theatre can grow and the piece can evolve. And I think at the end of the day, there's not a single piece of art or theatre that everyone is going to love. And I think if you're trying to create theatre that everyone loves, you're not creating theatre for the right reasons and you're not putting a show on for the right reasons. We were trying something and with the new one, you know, we're workshopping different things, but we're in no way saying, oh, this is the best show ever. This is the perfect show. It's just a show. We're trying something and we're young artists that are experimenting with something and yeah you're going to have negative reviews you're going to have positive reviews and you listen to it and you don't listen to it but it is what it is and yeah. i appreciate the negative reviews and that's the, the thing is that they're, they're there to critique which is what you want at this point in time yeah. i think what's the the damien chazelle quote from whiplash and says the most um the worst piece of advice you can give to an artist is yeah it was good There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. Um, Totally butchering the actual quote, but but like pretty much just saying if someone comes up to you after and says, yeah, that was great. That was good. It's like, awesome. Cool. But what do I do? Yeah. like (laughs) I think, you know, that's what you want. Mm. Especially getting honest um, feedback that's hard as well sometimes Mm. especially when you're really close to it and it's like really fresh and you've just you know you've just walked off stage or you've just had it you know the audience in the Mm. foyer straight after and somebody goes what you said the um oh yeah you know i i don't know if i liked it (laughs) that's that's pretty crushing (laughs) and um yeah it's good that you guys can um take that and work with it and make something of it i guess um and for the whole restaging thing obviously as you said it's a traverse uh setup there how did you go like working that around did you have to leave a lot behind that you had already set up with the actors um well as we said it's a new cast and i never viewed this as okay well what like I didn't, I brought it in with a whole new script. None of my notes from the, I, I wasn't trying to recreate any of the stage images that we did last time. And for me, having it in traverse was incredibly freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get the actors up and they could move stage left and move stage right. And I didn't have to worry about, okay, well, if they're not facing out towards the tra- um, traditional front or down stage, then this moment's going to be lost. Yeah. And I think because we have two characters that are kind of mirroring each other a lot of the time, I was able to have one character facing stage left and one character facing stage right. And you're seeing different perspectives. They can be do. It just opened it up so much more. Um, and having such a paired back set as well, you know, they're going to stand on the tables. They're lying down on the bench. It's a lot less naturalistic in that sense. Um by having it so stripped back. Yeah. It is an interesting creative exercise as well to come out exactly. something that you've already done completely mm. fresh. 
which has been, I I feel like I keep saying rewarding, but it's just been creatively freeing. And I've come to every rehearsal so excited and so passionate because it's, it is, especially being directing the first one and now directing the second one. I'm learning more from this than I ever could in just a traditional classroom setting of directing or something like that, because you're just saying, cool, how can we try it differently? What worked, what didn't work? And also with new actors, it's a t- they're going to bring a new energy to the scene. And they didn't see the last production either. No, so our current no actors idea, haven't like... seen the original production. Was that intentional or just Just coincidence? a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's made it really unique in the sense that we are not putting it on in the sense of, okay, well, this worked last time, so let's just mirror that. It's, okay, that worked last time, but that worked for that specific play. And it's a different take on it now. So I think if we tried to mirror what we did last time, it wouldn't be authentic to this new production. We're coming in with a new vision and a new idea Hmm. and a new perspective. It's almost like when your teacher was like, your essay was good, but redo it. That's what I feel like (laughs) this is, which is so weird. (laughs) Really good. Mm. What about um, the season length? I know this time around you're only doing it for two days and it's the... 13th and 14th of this month, uh, September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's good. I mean, our first run was four or five nights, which was good. And you know what? There is challenges and wins that come with bringing it back after a short amount of time. Um, and I think if we tried to, to lengthen the season, you know, you do have a, a bunch of people who've already seen it. And no matter how many times we say it's a completely different show, it's... they're going to go, well, we've seen it. Yeah. Um, and so that's, it's, it's kind of awesome. It's really freeing. It's, it means that audiences only have this like really tiny little space of time to see it mm. and to um, get to it. And I think it's excited people. It's pushed people into buying tickets, which is mm. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's meant that like we've managed to just, pack in those three days and make them or those two days and three performances and and make them super worthwhile and like fill those houses which is really cool yeah and there's been something electric about this whole production in the sense that we've kind of from the first read through to the first performance it's been about three weeks in total and we've been rehearsing pretty much every single day and then we're on for two days. So it kind of you live and breathe this production and it's we do it this time, we give it our all, you know, the actors have three performances to just throw themselves at it and then we emerge on the other side of this <laughs> yeah, like <so> hazy bubble. <laughs> um, and I, you know, at the end of the day, it's a three-hander. I would rather have three performances with packed audiences that have, it's got that electricity, then we drag it out and it's two weeks long yeah, and there's sure. some nights where there's not as many people maybe. Mm, yeah I think it's as you said we're not a theater company it's just Sophia and I and the rest of our small team of five and the three actors doing it you know we don't have this huge backing behind us in terms of Griffin or Belvoir putting in a show and just suddenly audiences will flock to us it's always Mm. as as any indie theater maker would know it's always a slog getting people into the room so rather just divert all of our energy into yeah those three days and also as you said we kind of align with fringe so there's all of our friends are doing their own shows and support. Like I know that I'm missing other productions because we're doing this. So there's, there's so much that's going on and you want to support everyone, but you're doing your own shows and they're doing their own shows. So yeah, it's huge. It's Mm -hmm. a huge month. Um, In terms of that though, because obviously you've spent a lot of um, this year with the KX team, building up your, 
connections and that sort of thing, do you think that has helped as well in terms of uh, audience and, you know, spreading the word kind of thing? Totally. I mean, I think that absolutely, like, I think about the actor who's playing Holly. Her name is Grace Stamness. She's acted on the KXT stage already earlier this year for The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner with um, Little Legs Collective. I think that had I not been working with KXT, I would have never got someone like her in on that production. And, and with her, she brings her like network of friends yeah. and people who work with her. And as well, you know, we've got people from KXT who have already come and spoke to me who are excited about seeing the show, which mm. if it was just me or as we were doing it before when we originally did it at the Seymour Centre, people like that wouldn't even have heard about it or yeah. that maybe they might have seen our marketing but it wouldn't mean anything so the fact that I've been involved in KXT and I've now worked with a lot of the the smaller companies that are coming in and out of King's Cross Theatre it's amazing because a lot of them have been excited for me and and wanted to come and see the, the show that I'm putting on so hopefully we do get some different audiences and, and then maybe in that case the crossover between fringe wouldn't be as dire yeah. <laughs> as it is yeah and I think overall the the Sydney theatre scene is actually relatively small I, I'm finding that every time I meet someone new and kind of as you're saying these kind of independent level theatre companies you'll add them on Facebook and you'll find out you have seven mutuals from other productions or you know mentioning the rhyme the ancient mariner I've worked with people that worked on that production and you kind of find that you have all these connections and it's actually a really welcoming community um we're all creatives we're all kind of trying to work our way up and improve our craft so yeah I was shocked at how supportive that kind of that group of people and that industry is coming from a student theatre background where there is a lot of support but there can also be a lot of competition Um, I found that in this space everyone's just excited that they've got young writers or they've got young directors and they've got female writers and directors and they all just want to come and see and support one another I mean that's the response that I've been met with which has just been so overwhelmingly incredible and 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 it's given me the the push to put this on because had I not had that support I probably would have been terrified of (laughs) people not liking it or you know but now because of all that support I feel confident and I'm like yeah I'm gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like there's kind of this Uh, cliche that the creative industry or actors that that trope of everyone sitting in the room with 10 other people that look the same as you auditioning for the role and there's all this competition but I've actually found creatives potentially I've just had a really wonderful experience (laughs) but everyone I know that's a creative is incredibly supportive of other people's work incredibly you know and when people are giving reviews it's not in a harsh way it's a this didn't work and this is why I think this and this is my opinion and maybe you could try it this way um and that's how it should be yeah it's interesting when reviewers um come at it from that perspective from a um like they also potentially have made work in the past Mm. or they're currently making work and they understand what the process is like and Mm. where it goes from here to there um but in terms of marketing as just because you mentioned it before um how are you guys handling that um it's sort of a split between myself and danny ma um because i'm producing this show again last time danny was 
a powerhouse with the social media. She's amazing mm. at it, if anyone ever needs. <laughs> um, and But this time um, it's been a kind of a split between us where I've been able to create a lot of the content and Danny's been really focusing on posting it and getting it up on our socials and making Social those. media is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, she's amazing with social media. She just uses it like it's mm. her her baby um (laughs) and so we've we've really been able to use that and we've then been able to connect with our previous audience we've been able to connect with other audiences and to have the backing of king's cross who's also sharing our content it helps us Mm. a lot with that um yeah and the way we've kind of marketed it has been a very kind of honest let's talk about all the things that we did right and here were the things that weren't as right and let's look at us taking a re um refined position or or re re looking at the show again Mm. um and so a lot of people have kind of latched onto that story I think of the as as a lot of people are creatives and they are creating their own work and a lot of writers have contacted me being like this is awesome you guys are being really honest about things that you did well hold the things that didn't go well and now let's Mm. Let's see we've always again. we've always been very honest about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, things work, thing, and often things that don't work can be totally incidental or out of your control. I remember in the last production, we ordered a coffee machine and we decided that we were going to have the actors make coffee during huh. the production. And we ordered it and it said it was fully functioning. Turns out it wasn't fully functioning, <laughs> which we probably should have banked on that not working. So we ended up having to use instant coffee. And I remember one of the reviewers said like, oh, that because it's set in Australia, that instant coffee isn't really part of Australian culture, which I totally agree with. And as I was reading the review, I was like, trust me, I know I'm not happy that we're using instant <laughs> coffee, but the machine doesn't work. And we were on in two days and we didn't have time to source another. So I think that's the thing. Theatre is living. It's, you know, a lot of the choices that you make in the rehearsal room or when you're planning it things go wrong on stage, Mm. things don't work the day before. Um, And you kind of just have to run with it and take it in your stride. It's reactive. There's Mm. no coffee, actual coffee in this production. Thank God. Uh, No instant coffee this time. Is that the biggest thing you took away? Oh, yeah. Don't, yep. Don't rely on... I've heard some horror stories. I know um, one production company once told me about they ordered something online. Turns out they had purchased a photo of the object they wanted, no. not the actual object. Who's selling that? Uh, that in the, it was just a thing on Gumtree or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, so, but who puts that up on Gumtree and goes, and this is exactly this is what, what they it is. want? Yeah, there was some... Did they not go pick it up? Because Gumtree, you have to like... Yeah, no, and then that's when they arrived. It was like, here's the photo. And they're like, what? <gasps> yep. Did they take it or did they... Uh, no, they refused to pay for it. They were like, you didn't advertise this was a photo. So theatre's living, things happen, things don't work. Mm. And you yeah, I mean, ran with it. Yesterday we, we lost our designer. He went missing oh. for 48 hours. We found him though. He was in his backyard. <laughs> things happen. Like, I mean, you've got Sophia and I who are very chill and we kind of just roll with it all and go, oh, whatever, we'll move on. <laughs> Is that the biggest thing you've taken away from the whole kind of year of doing the show? What, the designer going missing? No, just like um, (laughs) that things that are out of your control and having to deal with those in whatever way is most appropriate at the time. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I I think at the end of the day, we're we're all doing this because we love theatre. We're doing this because this is what we want to do as a career and we want to learn from it. We want 
critical feedback, but we also want positive feedback. But, you know, <laughs> if you mean it, you know, if we are doing this because we want to improve, we want to learn, we love the late night rehearsals, we love the stories of coffee machines that don't work because <laughs> we love the industry and we love doing it. So I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all of it's a learning experience, but yeah, totally just you know when it's your baby like mm. this one was I on the first production I had my hands really deep in it and I was at the rehearsals a lot and I was there and I was very present and this time I've just been able to let go I have 100% trust in Sophia and our actors and I just I mean I've been working on other shows so I haven't even been able to be there but I wouldn't have come if I could because <laughs> I want them to do it yeah um, Jodie might hate it she might see it opening night and go actually no <laughs> she might be the next biggest critical <laughs> feedback <laughs> Pulls um, me aside and goes, look, I don't know if I like it, but it's got me talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, like, for me, it's just been, you know, stuff happens. It's not the end of the world. And if you're honest, like, people will, will respond to that. And I think that theatre is the kind of world where you're constantly under insane deadlines. You're constantly under high pressure. You're constantly racing against a clock that is not your friend. And the the way that you handle that and the the best theater makers are the ones who just don't let that phase them and they just go yep it's fine it's theater it is what it is and it's been such an amazing learning experience for me to just go yep it's theater it is what it is we might not have that but we've got this or this has happened and mm. we'll make a plan and at the end of the day everything is solvable and it's I think when I started out there was a lot of stress and anxiety with every show that I did I was like how am I going to get this together and with experience you kind of just go yep something will happen might yeah. not be exactly what I imagine, but it'll still work. And, and for for doing Samo, that was like a big, all right, just let go. Your baby's going up and it's going to happen and you have no say in what yeah. happens now. And once the writing was done, I literally had no say. Yeah. And so that was hard for me watching it the first time and not being 100% happy with the writing yeah. and now being able to fix it. It's just like... I have no stress, no stress about this production at all. I'm just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and I think our assistant director, Will York, is probably one of the chillest people you'll ever meet. Like he, very hardworking, but just kind of that typical Australian, yeah, she'll be right. Yeah, she'll be right, mate. No so I, like, I, I've had days where I'm like, oh, okay, we've got to sort this out. We've got to figure this out. And he'll just be like, eh, it'll work yeah, out. Whatever. He's like, don't, don't, don't stress. Oh, I've called cool. him like in an absolute panic and he'll go geez what's up your ass today <laughs> like, every every production needs a will york there just just be like no it's all right it'll be cool yeah. yep <laughs> then suddenly you're like yeah maybe it will be right she will be right <laughs> he's the actor's best friend oh yeah <laughs> they love him yep <laughs> can you guys talk me through the um process of actually um taking a play from written on the page to submitting it to these venues like um Seymour Center etc how does that how does it go from from there to there you know I feel like we talk a lot about the creative process but nobody really talks about the like admin process you know what I mean (laughs) if anyone knows about the admin it's Jodie and I think if you don't know about it it's very easy to feel very separate from it and think how did they get that opportunity that seems so daunting or I don't, I'm not connected. And then, yeah, so take it away, Jodie. Um, I think for this show, I was really lucky um, because I applied for a grant that the Sydney University puts up, which is called the USU Bright Ideas Grant, um, which I was 
the recipient of for 2019, which was amazing, um, which gave us $5,000 to put on the first show. Um, and one of the stipulations was because it, it was in my original pitch, I wanted to do it at the Seymour Center. That's what I had. That was my goal. And so they were like, they held me to it. And they were like, you're going to put it on at the Seymour Center. We don't care if the Seymour Center has no time for you. You're going to put it on. And so it spent hours on the phone to the Seymour Center going, please program me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I've learned, though, is that um, if you're not quite in in the space, like I was at the beginning of this year, and you, you see theatre companies like King's Cross Theatre or the old fits or the old 505 who are really in that indie space who are looking for new works and they totally are all the time and you're like well how did they get that how did they get on that um what I've realized now being a bit more in the industry is that like you just got to sign up to their mailing lists mm. <laughs> it's so simple you yeah and they follow have, them all on their you social medias their I socials. learn so much of what's going on just based off like my Facebook feed or yeah. And, um, and they, most of those theatre companies have um, like their main season and then they'll have some sort of variation of like a smaller kind of run. So, you know, the old 505 has their fresh femme works for female writers. The King's Cross Theatre has their pop upstairs program, which is in the Bordello room. Um, the old Fitz does all these comedy evenings and stuff. So each theatre has their, and then like, sorry, Griffin has their batch festival. Um, Belvoir has their 25A. Each mm. of these festival, uh, each of these theatres in their, you know, various kind of worlds have their own mini version of like a step up program or something because they're all about supporting new young artists. So I think the, the thing is to follow all of them to sign up for all of their mailing lists and to watch what they're doing so you know at the moment it's September um September October is like their programming time all of them have opened their 2020 submissions for Mm. next year and so that's when you start applying your works and I think it's just realizing when they're opening submissions when you need to be ready because until this year I had no idea I had no idea how anything was programmed I had yeah. no clue of how they did it and, and most theatre companies do read every script they do think about it and then they will decide okay this show might not be ready for our main stage but let's chuck it on the pop-up stairs program or mm-hmm. let's put it in our fresh works or you know and I think once you start kind of getting into that and meeting those people and following those things you start to learn who's running each venue who's working on each venue you follow their socials suddenly all of this stuff is super accessible it's yeah. on your newsfeed. I remember even like this time a year ago I was like oh my god people are doing their own shows with the Sydney Fringe Festival I was like <laughs> how do you get into that and they were like I literally just applied online and yeah. I was like what <laughs> like I was like it's that achievable that's mm. that's all you have to do that's so cool and now I know so many people that are doing fringe shows and these it really is about creating your own content if you're just sitting around waiting for the phone to ring it's not really going to happen but these companies and especially KXT they foster new works they foster people creating productions and trying new things seeing what works seeing what doesn't and I mean the other thing is that like if you don't if you're completely lost and you've tried following their socials and you still are like they're often most of the people who run these companies are really open to taking you out for a coffee or sitting you down and chatting you through it they're super busy so you have to fit in with them mm. but they'll often want to help young people and they're, they're they're really down for it and there's also really interesting um other collectives and other companies that are 
popping up at the moment that are trying to help fix this so if you look at the ignite collective they've just done a bunch of their unfold series which has Mm -hmm. done a bunch of um, networking events and talks and stuff about producing your own work and writing your own work a friend of mine and i have just started our own company um, where we work on like helping get young creatives involved in the creative industry through networking and stuff so there's like there's stuff it's It's putting yourself out there yeah yeah but it's it's still an industry that's hard to break into at the moment and Mm. so it's just kind of those once you're in it's like you're inundated (laughs) get the toe in the door and then get the whole foot in yeah you get pushed in (laughs) so it's kind of like have your thing um keep an eye out for when all that sort of stuff is available to you to submit your ideas and then just do it Mm -hmm. basically and then if you get a no oh that's unlucky but and also don't like this don't if you write a play or come up with a show and you do it the first time and you weren't completely happy with it no one puts on a show for the first time and goes yes that was perfect we can't touch it it's this beautiful thing that never needs to be changed Mm -hmm. um try it again workshop it do it in a different space keep pushing it don't just give up yeah and if you get a no worst thing is your name is on their books somewhere yeah. Your name, even if you're at the very bottom of their no pile, your name is still going to stick out. So if you do something else later for a friend show or around or you, someone who's read your applications is going to remember your name through something yeah. and maybe they'll show up work if you invite them. Work. Yeah, mm, exactly. Mm. All right. Before we wrap it up, do you guys want to give me um, one reason each why we should come and see Samo is Dead? You go first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, in my totally unbiased opinion, just love the play. I think they're incredible characters. They are beautifully original in their cliches. They have so many layers. And it's a funny show. It's a dark show, but it's a funny show. And I think I just don't know any other play like it, to be honest. (laughs) Thank you. For me, I think separating myself from the play a little bit if you are young this is a great opportunity to see what a group of other young fresh people can do with pretty much no money this time Mm. and no time and it's just an amazing learning experience to see what other people can do and what us as five creatives have been able to create has been for me kind of looking in at it just the most fulfilling experience and i think that other people should get involved in that yeah i really like people to see see that yeah (laughs) and let us know what you think maybe we'll put it on a third time (laughs) even better (laughs) do you think you would do it a third time who knows discussed it but yeah never say never i think i think it's about having the right intentions with what you're doing and it's the same with this one it wasn't just let's just put it on for the sake of putting it on and do it exactly the same it was well what do we want to get out of it why are we doing it? And I think we had a very clear answer to that and a very clear intention with this run. So it would just be about finding another intention. Yeah, yeah. Something different if we wanted to do it again. Yeah. It'd be boring to put it on the exact same again. Yeah. Yeah, Who wants wants that? that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. You can catch Samo is Dead at um, King's Cross Hotel, uh, the KXT Theatre. It'll be on for the 13th and 14th of September. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for coming on. Um, It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. No problem. Uh, This has been the Indie Setup and we'll see you next time.